This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host. Welcome, everyone. This is the Meaningful Sport Podcast, and I am your host, Nora Ronkainen. Meaningful Sport is a series of discussions on the why and how involvement in sport and physical activity can be an important part of a life worth living. We will also explore threats to meaningful engagement in sport and movement culture practices and ask questions about what we can learn about the human condition through our involvement in sport. The guests are leading scholars in human and social sciences of sport who share their explorations in a scholarly as well as a personal context. If you are interested in the theme, you might also want to check out MeaningfulSport.com. There you can find podcast show notes, read a blog, and access many resources for further explorations of Meaningful Sport. Today's episode is the second part of our discussion with Dr. Matteo Luzzeri. In the first part, which I recommend you to check out, we discussed existential psychology, research on meaning in life, and meaning in sport. In today's episode, we focus on Matteo's pioneering work on developing the first questionnaire to study meaning in sport psychology. This work has been recently published in Psychology of Sport and Exercise. Today, you will hear the story behind this important work. Dr. Matteo Luzzeri completed his doctoral dissertation in the field of sport psychology at Florida State University focused on meaning in sport and its relationship to burnout, earlier this year. In addition to his academic work, he is also a professional water skier and a coach, whose interest in meaning in sport is much more than an intellectual exercise. I hope you enjoy today's episode. But let's then move on to a big contribution of your research, which has been the questionnaire that you developed for assessing meaning in sport. So can you just uh, start by telling a little bit about this questionnaire development work? Yeah, so um, what I what I really wanted to do was to start doing some quantitative work on meaning in sport, something that I really hadn't seen uh, up until, you know, I guess up until I started or... Uh, to, to think about that. And so I needed to develop some kind of way to, to assess meaning in sport. And the thinking was, I guess, maybe now in hindsight, very straightforward, but it took a long time to, to understand that that was the way I took the most utilized meaning in life questionnaire, uh, which is by Steger and at least in recent, in recent years and decided to see if I could adapt it to sport. So I did a two study project, um, which by the way, I needed to complete in order to become a PhD candidate at Florida State. That's, that's how it worked there. I needed to mm-hmm. do a study, uh, in, in my field of research, um, showing basically that I could do research, that I could become a candidate. And because I wanted to do an intervention study on meaning, eventually I needed to find a way to measure it. 
And so in the first study, I basically adapted with Steger's permission, the uh, meaning in life questionnaire uh, to sport. So I, I tried to change the instructions and the items. I sent it over to a group of colleagues and, and PhDs uh, in the area of sports psychology uh, to try and see if the items were readable, if they seemed to be tapping into the uh, concepts that I thought they were going to be tapping in. And once I, I took their feedback, made the modifications, the first study I basically took um, soccer players and cross-country runners from uh, collegiate athletes from the U.S., and sent them a, the meaning in life questionnaire and the meaning in sport questionnaire. Very quick mm -hmm. study. Um, I chose that population specifically because they are fairly gender equal uh, in the U.S. in terms of sheer numbers. Uh, soccer is a big uh, sport in, in, in the female uh, population in the U.S. And, mm -hmm. and so it's cross-country. And then I wanted an individual and a team sport uh, to do some uh, invariance measuring, uh, invariance testing. So basically, after I collected the data and I did some uh, factorial analysis on the meaning in sport questionnaire, I wanted to see if this questionnaire measured equally well um, across gender, across uh, sport type, which was the reason why I chose an individual and a team sport, across sport level. So I used the three divisions of the NCAA as a proxy for sport level. And mm -hmm. uh, also across uh, uh, basically a counterbalancing idea. So some people received first the meaning in life of questionnaire and then the meaning in sport and some the opposite pattern. And the results were encouraging. I had to remove an item which wasn't loading very well. It was an item that I thought would be indicative of a search for meaning in sport. Um, mm -hmm. But after the removal, the, factorial, the, the factor structure was fairly sound, and so were the measuring invariance tests that followed. Mm -hmm. So just to interrupt with the, with the questionnaire, so basically it's looking at presence of meaning and search for meaning, right? Correct, correct. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And those are the two subscales of the meaning in life questionnaire, uh, obviously about life. I was uh, interested in sport, and so I, the, the questionnaire was aimed at looking at the subscales of presence of meaning in sport and search for meaning in sport. And from a factorial validity standpoint and measurement invariance standpoint, the first study seemed to suggest that um, it, it seemed to provide good evidence for those two types of validity. In the second study, I wanted to look at convergent validity. So is this concept related to anything except meaning in life? Because I obviously looked at the correlation between the two. So between, say, presence of meaning in life, presence of meaning in sport, search for mm -hmm. meaning in life, search for meaning in sport. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to look at other, at other things. And the ones that really uh, came to mind were athletic identity. Namely, it seems to me that the more you see yourself as an athlete, the more likely that you perceive, uh, you, you perceive a presence of meaning in your sport. Um, mm -hmm. Then I also looked at uh, commitment, so the Scanlon commitment model, and especially the, the second version. So looking at enthusiastic commitment, meaning you do your sport because you want to, 
and also constraint commitment, more doing your sport because you have to. Um, I also then looked at burnout, uh, wanting to see, uh, it seemed to me that like the, and there was good research on the meaningful work that I drove from, showing that the more you perceive your job as meaningful, the less burnout symptomatology you would present. So it's essentially hypothesizing a, a, negative, a negative relationship between the two concepts. And so I did the same procedure. I sent the questionnaire to a lot of athletes, this time of all sorts of sports uh, in the NCAA, all divisions, mm -hmm. uh, ended up with a sizable sample of, I think right, right, about, right above 400 athletes. Um, and uh, looked at the correlations uh, between meaning presence and search for meaning in sport and all those variables. And the ones that really were the most, uh, I guess, significant and evident were actually the, the ones with burnout. So, you know, it, it appears that if you're emotion, like th there is a moderate negative relationship between presence of meaning in sport and the three facets of athletic burnout. So an emotional and physical exhaustion, a reduced sense of accomplishment, and also the sp sport devaluation. And originally, I hypothesized that that specific um, facet of burnout, so sport devaluation, was going to be the uh, strongest negative correlation out of the three. But then to my surprise, it was actually a reduced sense of accomplishment, uh, uh -huh. which kind of goes back to what you alluded to, the fact that performance... Uh, and accomplishment are so um, prevalent in this young population. Now, of mm -hmm. course, this was a, a very specific sample. So some, a lot of sports, a um, lot of athletes, but certainly between the age of 18 and 23, 22 primarily, um, competitive athletes because they compete for their university. Um, so I wonder if a more, I guess, a sample that covers more of the lifespan would show the same results in terms of uh, magnitude uh, when it comes to burnout symptomatology. Um, but in terms of that second study, that's what I found. I found a lot of convergent validity for the presence of meaning in sports subscale, uh, uh -huh. not so much for the search for meaning in sports subscale. The one aspect that uh, seemed to converge with search for meaning in sport was constrained commitment, and, uh, and negatively so, meaning that the more, no, sorry, uh, my bad, uh, positively. So the more you perceive that you're doing your sport because you have to, the more likely you are to be searching for meaning in your sport. That was the only really um, worth mentioning finding when it came to search for meaning in sport. Um, right. In terms of how about the athletic sport. identity? How did that fit in the meaning in sport picture? Well, there were some good findings there because the um, first of all, the athletic identity, like the athletic identity correlated more with presence of meaning in sport than presence of meaning in life. And that was something that I looked at in this study throughout. I wanted those 
sports-specific constructs I, to re be related more to the meaning in sport than meaning in life. That was that would have been a, a further proof, a further, sorry, a further justification, further support to the idea of meaning in sport, presence of meaning, and search for meaning. Um, so certainly, athletic identity correlated more with presence of meaning in sport than with presence of meaning in life. Um, I also thought one of my hypotheses was uh, a moderating effect. So originally, I hypothesized that the more you see yourself as an athlete, so athletic identity, the more if you perceive that you had meaning in your sport, you would perceive that you had meaning in your life. And to me, that made a lot of sense. So if you mm -hmm. see yourself primarily as an athlete, primarily as someone who is of that domain, if you perceive that you have meaning in that domain, probably your life should be feeling pretty meaningful as well. And that analysis approached significance, but it wasn't significant. Um, right. Talking with, with colleagues and, and, and my advisor, they seem to be thinking that um, the specificity of the age group probably had something to do with that. Um, but that's something certainly that if, if anyone will use the meaning in sport questionnaire in the future, I would encourage to look at that moderation effect again, particularly if you're looking at a different age group, because to me that that moderation seems to be making a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we have to remember that your sample or your population is, is quite young athletes in, in the U S collegiate right. sport. So. Correct. Looking at different contexts, different level of competition, different age of participants, different cultural contexts, we might find different things, of, of course. Right. So, so that's the questionnaire and, and that pro uh, provides a really exciting starting point for, for more quantitative research in this area, because so far, pretty much the studies that have been done on meaning and meaningfulness of sport have been predominantly qualitative. So definitely having these both two methodological approaches available is, is something that is very valuable. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's, that was, um, it's interesting how science works at times, right? Like it was, it started off as a need for further work. And then as I was working on that, I realized, wow, this could actually help a lot of other people uh, to investigate this topic. Um, so no, thank you. I'm I'm glad you think you think of, of the MSQ in that way. And so your findings from from this research. So you've done that before starting your PhD, and and some of your findings and were kind of um, building your ideas for the PhD and those relationships that you identified were then kind of used to develop your PhD research. So maybe you can just talk a little bit about what you've done in in your actual actual PhD. Sure. So what, what I am proud of is the fact that this really wasn't uh, my advisor's main line of research. And so as you, as you know how academia works, I had to somewhat convince him that this was worthy, you know, um, mm -hmm. and we agreed because that's what he, he was doing at Florida State primarily, that we would develop an intervention uh, for my PhD. And I happily agreed. I just needed to see whether there was anything 
quantitative wise that I could speak about when it came to meaning in sport. And so after I became a candidate, I decided to look at what kind of intervention made sense that I could develop to help athletes increase a sense of meaning in their sport. Uh, so make them somewhat perceive that there was that, that their sport was uh, meaningful or more meaningful than they originally thought. And I think there was good rationale behind it, a little bit through my findings, but also from the research that I came from. So the meaning in life research, the meaning, the meaningful work research really shows that the a higher presence of meaning lends to very positive outcomes. Um, so the idea came um, from my prelim to look at burnout, primarily because those relationships were so high and we know some very well some of the consequences of burnout. Um, so I, I started thinking what kind of intervention I could develop. And I did see a lot of writing interventions. Um, mm -hmm. So I started to familiarize myself with some of those, um, some of which I had used in my applied work as well. And uh, I, I basically needed to understand how are these writings going to help um, in increasing presence of meaning. And so I used a combination of uh, previous research, uh, previous interventions, say like the Pennebacher writing, expressive writing exercise. Maybe you can actually tell a little bit about that. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, so the, the, this is a paradigm that has existed in, in psychology for over 30 years, developed by uh, Dr. Pennebacher. And essentially it involves writing about the most traumatic event, the original uh, paradigm was writing about the most traumatic event that occurred in some in the person's life and writing about it uh, nonstop for, say, 20 minutes. The main rule is do not stop writing. So you can repeat what you wrote before. Grammar doesn't really matter. The idea is that you explore your thoughts and emotions about... Um, that traumatic event in writing without stopping. The idea is if you're doing it with a pen, don't let the pen down. If you're doing it with a keyboard, do not stop typing. Mm. And that, that particular paradigm has shown, when, when I started digging into it, such amazing results, and not only in psychological health, but primarily in physical health. Like those who did the, the writing exercise, say, even just three times one one week, uh, will report less visit to their primary uh, care physician over the following five years compared to those that did, say, journaling, a regular journaling exercise. Um, mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, well, how would that be appropriate? Then I thought of your regular journaling exercises, maybe with some more open-ended prompts, but mm -hmm. the, the search was the search for this writing intervention was not very w well guided, I say, until I stumbled upon an article um, in, written in 2016 by Martella and Steger, where they proposed this uh, trichotomy of meaning. So they said, well, we can think of meaning as being composed of these three dimensions. Uh, namely coherence, purpose, and significance. Uh, 
um, coherence being more of like a cognitive oriented understanding of what your life means. Um, purpose as more of like a long-term goal-oriented aspiration. Um, and then significance in terms of like higher and core values that this person uh, holds. And so they said, well, basically these three dimensions can be used to conceptualize meaning. And finally, I had found a way in which I could now target some of some writing interventions, um, like by using this trichotomy. Right. Uh, and so I ended up with uh, six writing exercises that athletes that I uh, randomly assigned to the intervention or control group ended up uh, well, working on. This was an online study. So the athletes were recruited according to some uh, screening criteria, which to, to be honest with you, it's actually one of the things that I'm the most proud of. Um, as, I, as I was working on my PhD, I, the, the words of Dr. Tenenbaum, who was a professor at Florida State, kept ringing in my, in my brain, which were, we're doing a lot of burnout research, but we're not looking at the truly burnt out athletes. And so I used uh, some criteria that I found in the literature to try and screen for burnout. And so I had, I could defend in a sense that the athletes that were assigned to either the control or the intervention group were experiencing burnout. Um, right. And so to those that were assigned to the intervention, they completed six writing exercises. Uh, they completed the Pennebacher expressive writing about the most traumatic event in their sport. So really, again, about sport um, uh, domain. Then there was a second journaling exercise where I asked to think back of that traumatic event. And um, I asked more open-ended questions. Um, so if you, if you were to be back in that situation, uh, would you do anything differently? Or... Uh, are you grateful of anything about what happened? So more open-ended questions to spark um, more of that coherence, cognitive understanding of their sport. Um, and this wasn't uh, time-bound or, you know, the athlete had all the time that they wanted. They could write a little, as little as much as they wanted. Mm -hmm. And the third exercise was um, the, what the acceptance and commitment therapy calls tombstone exercise. Uh, and then the MAC approach uh, in sports psychology named the performance obituary. And so this is a prompt where you ask the athlete, imagine you wake up as a retired athlete tomorrow. Uh, how, to, how would you like to be remembered as, right? And so the purpose of this exercise was more to get to that significant aspect because some... Mm -hmm studies show that what emerges out of this type of writings is uh, core values and value-driven behaviors that the athlete uh, or the person in case of ACT uh, wants to be remembered as. So that was the first week. Uh, and then the second week, um, it was more about positive, uh, shall I say. So it was the expressive writing about a positive, the most positive and uplifting event in their sport. Um, mm -hmm. Then the reflective writing uh, two days later about that event with the open-ended, more coherence prompts. 
-hmm. then the final exercise was almost an adaptation of what Steger and he did in his lab, uh, which was I had athletes taking photos of things that are meaningful in their sport. And then I asked them to write about it. So basically they uploaded these pictures and then they wrote uh, why these pictures uh, were representative of something that is meaningful in their sport. So this was the intervention. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then I had a control yeah. group that did nothing. <laughs> Yeah, so kind of to recap the idea behind the study. So these writing interventions have been shown to increase people's sense of meaning, right? Uh, some, yes. Mm -hmm. So some of them have been shown. Can you tell a little bit more about that? What does the evidence look like that we have? Well, the evidence in terms of like strict presence of meaning um, the one that I told you about the photo elicitation meaning, so you, you upload pictures and you write about them, Stiger showed that those that intervention increased presence of meaning in life in, in his participants. Right. And then among the hundreds of studies done on the Pennebacher uh, expressive writing paradigm, uh, there were studies showing that both writing about a traumatic event or an uplifting event uh, increased presence of meaning in life in participants. So in terms of direct um, direct measurement of presence of meaning, those were the three that I could base myself on. The mm -hmm. other three were more, um, I guess, uh, selected, inspired by that trichotomy of meaning uh, by Martella and Steger. So the idea was mm -hmm. the reflective writings would increase coherence, which seems to be part of meaning. So that should in turn lead to an increasing presence of meaning in life, in sport. And the same goes for the performance obituary. Um, if, if that performance obituary elicited values, then it should have increased the significance portion of presence of meaning, thereby hopefully increasing the presence of meaning in sport. Hmm. So there are a lot of conceptual and theoretical and also the previous empirical support to suggest that the, this kind of writing intervention would be likely to increase meaning and from your previous work on the questionnaire, you were finding this link between burnout symptoms and, and, and meaning as well. So if you have higher meaning in sport, you would have lower, lower burnout. So I got it right. Yeah, you got it absolutely right. Yeah. So that's the hypothesis behind it. But so things didn't go exactly as you were assuming they would go. So maybe you can talk a bit about your some way surprising findings. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, as as it often happens in in uh, I'll say for early researchers like myself, uh, things don't really turn out the way the way you predicted. Um, mm -hmm. So basically, uh, what I found is that there weren't really any significant differences across time uh, between control and uh, intervention group on any of the variables that I looked at. And I looked at quite a few variables. I looked at uh, presence and search for meaning in sport. I looked at the three facets of burnout. So emotional uh -huh. and physical exhaustion, reduced sense of accomplishment, sport devaluation. Um, I looked at stress because obviously we know the strong relationship between 
stress and uh, burnout. And in terms of sports stress, sports specific stress and coping, uh, no significant differences there. I also looked at the commitment model. So the enthusiastic and constrained commitment. And also I looked at the sport enjoyment, which tends to be the biggest predictor of those two types of commitment. No differences there across time. The two constructs that approached significance across four time points, because I did a, a, a pretest, which was the screening. I did a mm -hmm. mid, midpoint measurement, which was at the end, like in the middle of in intervention. So after the first three writings uh, exercises, mm -hmm. I did a post at the end of the sixth writing exercise. And then I did a two weeks follow-up. So I had a mm -hmm. four a four time point trend. The two constructs that did show promise, if I may say, are luckily presence of meaning in sport. And what seemed to happen is that the the trend seems to suggest that uh, with those who were in the intervention didn't lose presence of meaning in sport across time, as opposed to the control which steadily declined in terms of presence of meaning in sport across time. Mm. Um, now, that that difference in trend was almost significant. I can say it was significant. Um, mm -hmm. But it is an interesting pattern. Like, I mean, I would have expected the opposite. I would have expected the control group to stay the same and the intervention group to increase their presence, whereas it was mm -hmm. slightly rotated by a few degrees, meaning uh, the right. intervention mm -hmm. group stayed the same and the control group declined, um, which, you know, in and of itself, it, one could argue that it's the same thing, but it, but it is an interesting, an interesting trend. Maybe having athletes reflect on something that maybe don't really reflect that often, uh, they don't reflect that often, might have helped to keep presence at bay, let's say. Mm, maintain. Maintain, that, correct. That meaning in sport, yeah. Mm. Correct. Um, and then the second trend that, again, I can speak of significance, but approaching significance, um, but it was with constrained commitment. So there, what we saw is that the writing group had a steady little decline in constraint commitment. Namely, they felt less that they had to do their sport because they had to, right? Mm -hmm. So I can't say that mm -hmm. they increased, uh, that their wanting to do the sport was more, but that their constraint uh, in the sport was less, they perceived that was less, we can somewhat say that. Whereas the control group was very, um, how can I say, like flat. Essentially, it remained the same. So that was interesting. It, it, might, it might suggest that if you have athletes reflect on topics that are connected to meaning, they might feel that they have somewhat of an agency. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I'm, I'm speculating maybe more than I should, but it seems that Yeah, I think we can do that. Okay, mm -hmm. thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems to me that uh, maybe having athletes reflect on topics that they normally don't reflect on 
in this case, it happened to be connected to meaning, uh, may make them f- feel less that they have to do their sport, that they mm-hmm. are sort of like entrapped in a way in this activity. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Research Through Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.